and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? This is it! Five, six, seven, eight. You've got talent. Let's see what we can do with it. You're gonna make me believe that you belong on that stage. Dancing on that show is my dream. Sour cream? <laughs> What's for dessert, baby? Dessert? Here it comes. Blueberry pie and cream. It's the most marvelous blueberry pie I've ever tasted. Holy Toledo, what's happening to your face? Cool it, Dad. Let me finish. Yeah, but your face is turning blue. Violet, you're turning violet, Violet. What are you talking about? I told you I hadn't got it quite right yet. You can say that again. Look what it's done to my kid. It always goes wrong when we come to the dessert. Mm. Always. And welcome, theater peeps, to the Movie Musical Shakedown. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Chris Peterson, founder, editor-in-chief of Onstage Blog at onstageblog.com. Thrilled that you're joining us today for another episode of what I think is, I hope, a really fun podcast to listen to. Hopefully it's a little bit nostalgic, walking down memory lane of, of some of your favorite movie musicals. And today we've got a good one for you. I'm talking about Willy Wonka and The Chocolate Factory, the 1971 classic based on the Roald Dahl book. Um, and I've got a great co-host this week. It's my wife, Nicole. She's been absent uh, for the past couple of episodes, but I wanted to make sure um, I brought her back. We recorded this last week and uh, had a great time re-watching this film. Um, had some interesting emotional reactions to it that I was not expecting, so that was pretty exciting. But um, really, really happy to kind of go back and, and watch this classic film that I... Loved as a child, still love it today as an adult. Uh, I, I can definitely see it through a different lens as an adult, I guess you could say. Um, and it's a movie that I think is also aged really, really well. And of course, is vastly superior to its uh, Tim Burton remake, which we talk a little bit about uh, in the podcast as well. But it's got some great music. Um, Gene Wilder's performance is is iconic in this. You've also got a great supporting cast from Jack Albertson as Grandpa Joe to Peter Ostrom as Charlie to Julie Don Cole as Veruca Salt who might give one of the best child performances of any film ever just gonna throw that out there um to one of my personal favorites Denise Nickerson who played uh Violet Beauregard in this as well so again lots of goodies to talk about we're going to talk about everything from the design of the film the music the casting everything and um really excited to get in this one but um one thing I'm going to add to this podcast going forward is also talking a little bit about um, some trivia, some facts. So I want to pick out like a fact about this movie that I found um, interesting that I wanted to share with you. So this this fact, uh, which I thought was pretty cool, was after this whole movie was taken uh, and filmed in Munich, Germany. So as you're watching this, even though there's no like definitive location announced of where Charlie lives and where the factory is. Uh, they did film it in Munich. And after the company finished filming, the studio locations were taken over by Cabaret, the another amazing, iconic uh, movie musical. So literally in, in uh, two consecutive years, um, two iconic movie musicals were filmed in the same studio space, which I thought was really interesting. So we're going to take a quick break. When Nicole, uh, excuse me, when we get back, Nicole will be joined with us. And uh, we'll get into all the goodies, all the you know chocolatey fun uh, of this movie. But first, as always, here is the trailer. 
Warner Brothers is proud to present the 25th anniversary of a modern classic, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Hidden among the countless billions of Wonka bars are five gold tickets. Willy Wonka's opening his factory. He's going to let people in. I've got the same chance as anybody else, haven't I? You got more, Charlie, because you wanted more. 25 years ago, Charlie won a ticket to the most magical place on Earth. You can take a sunrise. All aboard, everybody. This way, Grandpa. What is this, Wonka? Some kind of funhouse? Why, having fun? Remember how it delighted you? It makes everlasting gobstoppers. How do you make them? I'm a trifle deaf in this ear. Speak a little louder next time. How it surprised you. I haven't got it quite right yet. How it amazed And we're back. And I am now joined by the return of Miss Nicole Peterson. How are you? Good. I mean, this is monumental. I know. It's been a while. I think since the summer. Good Lord. I'm a, I'm a terrible husband. It's horrible. This is what happens when you travel for your job. I know. I know. Well, I'm glad that you're back. Mm-hmm. Um, first podcast of 2020. I figured that this was important for you know for you to be on. For the health of your marriage. <laughs> the health of my marriage. Um, but we're doing Willy Wonka. And the Chocolate Factory today, the yes. great 1971 film. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole, yes. When was the first time that you saw this movie? Can you remember? Uh, I was in elementary school, definitely. And my brother did a production of it when he was in elementary school. He's a couple years younger than I am, so we that summer we watched it a million times. I mean, over and over and over again. So, really? So yes. Dan, your brother Dan. Dan was Mike TV. He was Mike TV? He was Mike TV. Wow. Dan used to be like a big old uh, acting kid. Big theater kid. Shout out to Dan Eager. I know. There you go. Wow. Um, Very cool. So when you first saw it, like what was your initial reaction to watching the movie? Uh, I just, I thought, I remember being terrified by the boat scene. Mm -hmm. And otherwise just thinking it was really cool. And around that same time, my dance studio growing up did a big production number of Pure Imagination, and I was just like, I knew that song. It made me feel like super connected, and I was like, finally, I understand what that dance was about. Candy. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, how many times have you watched this movie since? Would you say like? I probably haven't seen it since I was in you know junior high or something. It's really? Been a so long it's been time. that long. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Well, I'm glad that we chose this one for this podcast. So. Well, when's the first time you saw this? I was I was probably between the ages of 8 and 10. Okay, um, around the same as me. Around, probably around the same time. Uh, this was back, I remember distinctly, so Stop and Shop, the <laughs> um, very famous... Uh, New England grocery New store. New England grocery <laughs> store. Used to have, back in the day... Video rentals. You could actually rent videos out of no, Stop they and Shop. Didn't. I swear to God. I think you're in, fibbing. In Stop and Shop in Branford. Oh, in Branford. That's the, why the hoity-toity Stop now, and Shop. Now, my memory could be <laughs> mistaken. There might have been a just a random video rental place inside the Stop and Shop. Now in That's North possible. Haven. The video rental place was right next door to Wall Bombs, like they shared a door. So if that's what you're thinking of, that could be it. I mean, it, it okay. was it was the whatever that supermarket was mm-hmm. in Brantford at that time. It could have been a Stop and Shop. It could have been a Wall Bombs. Mm-hmm. There was a video rental place attached to it inside of it okay. somewhere. 
if if the wall bombs in North Haven, Connecticut had a video store attached to it, mm-hmm. it very well could have been a wall bombs. Anyway, my parents <laughs> rented my Charlie uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory there. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember watching it? I remember kind of falling in love with the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I remember falling in love with it for different reasons and things like that. Where it was like, wow, I really like the beginning opening sequence. Or, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, all these different things. So I picked out different things that maybe kids would not normally pick out as like being their favorite moment in the movie. Well, so we all know you're a little bit of a weirdo. But I am okay. a little bit of a weirdo. <laughs> but um, I, I haven't, I, I will be honest, I haven't seen this movie start to finish in probably a long time. Yeah. Uh, but I have watched clips and pieces of it. It You know, this movie is, is you know, huge in pop culture nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are certain moments in the film that are uh, have become very classic memes. You know, that that very classic image of Willy Wonka leaning, uh, you know, on his on the yep. railing, kind of like oh really type of you know <laughs> thing, uh, has become a very classic meme. Uh, and obviously the quotes from this movie are amazing. Uh, amazing. So let's get right into it. Let's get into yes. some general thoughts about this film. First thing I want to kind of hit you with. Yeah. I thought if you if you're a lover of chocolate, mm-hmm. the opening title sequence is the best opening title sequence ever because mm-hmm. all they're doing is showing chocolate being made if you're someone who hates chocolate then it's a nightmare but um i always thought it was just a little much myself but a little too much chocolate yeah i'm sitting here eating twizzlers right now i mean did the twizzlers (laughs) did you eating twizzlers inspire you did this movie inspire you to eat twizzlers right now as we're recording it did yeah it's not a movie to eat to to watch when you're hungry i'll put it that way no it's not we both ate lunch while we were watching it which is i think helpful there you go but great opening sequence um what are, what's, tell me some general thoughts that you had about this film. Um, I this is the first time watching it as an adult, and how just awful I felt for Charlie really? the whole time. Mm-hmm. I was like, "This is a kid who just needs a hug and someone to give him a nickel, so or a quarter to a quarter. put in, to get a gumball." <laughs> We've always got a quarter for our son to have a gumball if he's mm-hmm. a good listener. Like it just, I made me made me feel bad for little Charlie. Um, he gets approached by a knife salesman. Yeah, let's talk about that knife salesman. Way creepy. So, for those of you who know this film very well, you'll know that pretty much towards the beginning, uh, Charlie's walking past the Wonka factory, and this very creepy old man just starts making this this really interesting quote about how nobody goes in and no one comes out. Mm -hmm. And... He's he's a knife salesman. He's got a cart full of knives. Butcher it, knives, huge steak knives. Right. Which let's be honest, if if anybody was wondering where this where this factory is located on the globe, first of all, they never tell you. Like you never find out if it's America, if it's Europe, mm-hmm. things like that. Obviously, the town that it's in, it looks like it's in Europe. The yeah. movie was actually filmed in Germany. The fact that you've got someone walking around selling knives on a cart <laughs> is a very non-american well and charlie goes oh i think he was a tinker and i was like don't go near the tinker (laughs) exactly so very i mean and there are little bits um in this movie that are so random Mm -hmm. that they're like what why was that there why did they put that in that movie and blah 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 the knife salesman is definitely Mm -hmm. um, one of them i should mention that the director mel stewart uh who directed this film didn't direct a lot of traditional narrative films he's actually a much more known as a documentary filmmaker so and you can see a little bit of reasons a why, bit of that, yeah, throughout the film. But yeah, that was definitely one of the random things uh, I mm-hmm. saw. Um, you know what I love about this movie is really the first like half of it, which is really the the search for the tickets. Yeah, 
Um, I love how they intermixed news broadcast and really made the it feel like... The vignettes were so funny. The, the vignettes guy are in hilarious. The, therapy, the lady with the... Uh... Who's, whose husband's getting kidnapped? Yes. <laughs> they want they want your last box of chocolates. Uh, can How long will they give me to think about it? I know. Hilarious. <laughs> I mean, just mixing genres. I love the auction at the end when yes. they're like, this is the last box of chocolate on the, the United Kingdom. And what is implied is the queen comes in and places mm-hmm. a bid, which I think is hilarious. Um, but it really, it really, the, the frenzy to, yes. to get a lifetime supply of chocolate Mm-mm. is is crazy, yes. I guess you could say. I mean, you know, we see these contests nowadays happening all the time where yep. if you win, you get a lifetime supply of X, whatever Cheetos. it may be. Cheetos <laughs> or pizza or whatever it is. Um, and you don't see this like... This this thing happens. So um, I've got a lingering question about that that we'll get to a little bit okay. later in the film. But um, let's talk about the cast. Let's talk yes. about the kids uh, and and you know this entire cast. So the director Mel Stewart purposely wanted somewhat of a unknown cast for this film. Mm-hmm. So um, you know he you know there were some really famous stories. I'll talk about those later too of some well known people that wanted to be in this movie that he said no because I wanted some unknowns. What did you think about the overall cast of this film? Honestly, I thought they were great. Um, I think the only thing that affected it affected a little bit was the acting ability. So when we get to that, we can talk more about it. I mean, it was, but good. Two thumbs up. <laughs> I don't have any. I mean, I think they all fulfilled their roles well, and especially Charlie and Veruca. Those are my yeah. two, my winners. I mean, I think I think all the kids did great in their. Mm-hmm. You know, respective um, roles. You know, Mike TV, mm-hmm. Violet. Uh, which, by the way, we found out later that Violet had, I guess, a huge crush on Charlie. Really, during the making of this film, and de- therefore did not want to pick her nose on the boat because she didn't want to see. She didn't want the actor playing Charlie to see her picking her nose. Um, oh, did I say Violet? I meant Veruca. Well, you said. I, I think said you, said, you said Veruca. Okay. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. I think. Am I too bold to say that? The, the young lady who played Veruca Salt mm-hmm. um, is maybe the one of the greatest child performances on film in yes, history. Yes, she's amazing. I mean, really. I mean, it, right. she is... Her performance is, is beyond her years, yes. I think. So. And actually, I mean, even her voice is fantastic. Because that's not an easy song to sing. No, and, and, and really, I mean, the thing that impressed me... And, and by the way, the, the actress's name is Julie Dawn Cole... Um, you know, the thing that really impressed me was she she's embodying this character, mm-hmm. her physicality, um, her emotions are going from zero to 60 in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's just, she. I just think she did a, a really tremendous job. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really do not like this girl. But you could just see the talent that there. And this mm-hmm. was her first real acting role. Um, she didn't have, like, this, this lengthy career afterwards, but... Um, she did like you know various TV appearances and mm-hmm. things like that. This looks like it's one of her really only movies um, that she did. But yeah, just just really really great performance on that end. So mm-hmm. yeah. Any other any other general thoughts that you had? Um, how old is Grandpa Joe? Because he looks the same age as the mom. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's <laughs> a very good question. I mean, that's 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 a probably good for lingering questions, but. Yeah, I think what's interesting is the ages of the the grandparents definitely look like they vary. Yes. Um, And even, like, the grandparents' names match. Josephina and Joseph and George and Georgina. Georgina. Actually, what's interesting is Grandpa Joe 
uh, or Grandpa George, I should say, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> the actor that played him was actually nearly blind from World War II. Oh. Uh, and or World War One, one of the two where he and he was wearing some serious um, glasses. They actually had to use a red dot for sight line. So he had to really? actually they said look at the red dot so he could actually look at which person was talking and things like that. So interesting way to sleep for people in the bed. Mm-hmm. Um next to stinky feet. Next no to thanks. stinky feet all day. I mean I don't know, you know. Um I I would also be interested to see what the afflictions were, I mm-hmm. guess. Like um but yeah. Let's talk about the the, the fact that there were a lot of things about this movie um, that if you read the original book, which is actually Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl, mm-hmm. or Royald. Roald. Roald, thank you. Think Ro- like uh, Letterkenny, Roald. Roald. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Roald Dahl. Um, a lot of differences from the book. Uh, you could argue that the book was actually a lot darker than the movie um, and elements, and then this movie took other elements to make them darker and things like that. But. A lot of differences, uh, a lot of liberties that they took with this this movie, which I thought was pretty interesting. So, um, what other general thoughts did you have? Um, where does Charlie live? It, does he live in England with no accent? Because everyone except for his family is British. Right. I mean, and all and and a lot of people in the school that he was with. I mean, he's an English school teacher, but his classmates spoke American. Right. The Candyman, I think, had a he British did. accent. Yeah. It's very. It's unclear. It's unclear, but I mean, when you're looking at where these tickets ended up being found, mm-hmm. you know, two of them came from America. Augustus was in Germany. Uh, Veruca, I think, was in England. Yes. Um, so, yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It's it's left up to deliberation guesses. Um, it just a, it surprised me. I forgot that it took so long to get to the factory. I forgot that the literal first half of the movie was just the search for the ticket. Mm. Because when I was a kid, I feel like the movie started when he did the somersault. Mm-hmm. When Willy Wonka did a somersault. So, it just, it, uh, I found it amusing that I apparently blacked out the entire first half of the movie. Nice. Nice. Any other general thoughts? Uh, not really. I mean, I just, I was really surprised at how funny the first half of the movie was and i had forgotten that and maybe just as a kid i took the search much more seriously Mm -hmm. than i but it it really the the humor in it was really refreshing all right well let's get into the categories okay first of all we know when watching these movies sometimes there are some certain scenes that make the lumps in our throats grow a little bigger um and i call these dusty room moments because the room Mm -hmm. gets a bit dusty and uh, we might need to wipe our eyes a little bit Mm -hmm. so nicole Yes. Did you have any dusty room moments? You know I did. You made fun of me for my I dusty. Did. I did. So, so, go ahead. Cheer up, Charlie. All right. So, what makes the Cheer Up Charlie song dusty room moment for you? Um. Well, just poor Charlie is struggling, and his mom wants to help, but she can't. All she can do is try and make him feel better. And man, oh man, that hit me in my like hit me in my heart. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, because I don't ever want little people to be sad. Like, like our own son. Exactly. As sure. I'm trying to, get, I'm trying to make the room dusty right now for, for Nicole. But, um, well, there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I agree. For me, I didn't really have any dusty room moments, and I thought I would. No, it's because you're an evil, heartless human being. Maybe, maybe, but like, I, I, I thought I would actually have more of an emotional reaction, you know, to certain moments in this film mm-hmm. than I did. But, um, yeah, didn't, which I thought was weird. Um, how about any yeesh moments? Anything that, that did not age well? I don't really know. So I wrote down 
a couple question marks. But I also think, I don't know, so tell me what you think. The idea of the Oompa Loompas mm -hmm. being little people, I don't know. But I mean, at the same time, little people are actors and they deserve to have roles and right. they can choose if they want to be painted orange or not. I mean, it's it's one of those things and it's a difficult thing where, I mean, you play this, I think this is one of those movies that makes it, I think, okay to portray little people as mystical creatures that are like, mm -hmm. you know, like they must be from a different world mm -hmm. and blah, 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 um, when that's obviously not the case. Uh, at the same time, this is one of the most iconic little people roles right. in film Well, that's history. why, like, again, I watched it and I was like, I just, I don't really know how to yeah. approach that because, it's know. It's one of those things where it, uh, I'm sure the ripple effect of other little people seeing these folks on screen is like, oh, maybe I can be an actor right. someday too. Who knows? Um, you know, I would put them right up to the munchkins in little in the Wizard of Oz. Like that's, I know, well, and that's that's the twofold problem because right. yes, it's awesome that there's representation, but that also means that there's some jerky kids calling someone else an Oompa Loompa. Mm -hmm. You know, so right. I just that's where it's a yeah, it's a double edged sword. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, and the only other thing, and again, it, this is a sensitive topic for me, but just the idea of you know making fun of Augustus Gloop simply because of his weight. Like, that's his only right. character. That, that is his character, is the fact that he's a fat kid. Yeah. And, yes, it, they're playing on the idea of gluttony and all mm -hmm. of that, and that being, you know, and we can talk about it later, but the, kind of the playing on the seven deadly sins and all of that. Yeah, I think the thing with Augustus, I think they were trying to show, you're right, gluttony, mm -hmm. like how, like, it's bad to consume like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. There is that, that I think probably hasn't aged great. Right. But at the same time, it's like, I think that's, it's showing bad behavior has consequences. Right. And, and well, and that's, again, I don't, there was nothing in this movie that made me say, yeesh, oh no, never do that. Right. It was, it's just things that maybe now we would approach a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, and the only other thing, I really, really wish the candy man had stayed behind the bar. Because the only thing, when he came out from behind the bar in the opening, he just, he came and put his arms around a bunch of little girls. <laughs> it just made me go, huh? Yeah. And then he walked right back around and got behind the bar again. Stay behind that bar, Mr. Candyman. But there that's you all. Go. I mean, again, it's all pretty innocent stuff. Well, actually, that, that leads, that's a good segue into my lingering questions. And I had, yeah. I had a bunch. So let's start off with the, the, that opening sequence. Yes. The Candyman. Let me ask you this, Nicole. Yes. Do do those kids have like a running tab at that candy store? None of them visibly pay for any of that candy. And he's just throwing it at them. Yeah, no, I know. And no one, like that cash register, that cash register is never ringing. You no. never see these kids. They just run in. They just grab everything they want. Mm -hmm. And then like, I mean, maybe it's like, maybe they do have a tab and they pay at the end. It's like, or yeah, I don't know. Or maybe but, they're, you know, he bills their parents if they're visiting every day or something. I mean, who but... knows? But I thought it was kind of messed up that in the entire movie, Charlie's the only one that you see actually pay for his candy. I know. I noticed that too. Just saying. Just yep. throwing that out there. Um, let me ask you this, Nicole. What would be the 2020 equivalent to a Wonka search? Like, What would be the, 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 the company or contest you think that would that would start a frenzy like this? Now, every now and then we do see it with like the Powerball. Right. The lotto that gets up to like 500 million or something right. like that and people go nuts. But when we're you talking mean about... for kids? 
for well for kids for anybody. I mean, what company or organization or do you think I could do like something? YouTube, equipment? I think, because kids know YouTube videos. They mm-hmm. want to be YouTube stars. Right. I mean, I think that if YouTube had a contest to be their next, you know, Ryan's World mm-hmm. or <laughs> something like that, I think they could really make some money. See, I was thinking or, more like I was thinking more like you know Disney. Um, I mean, yeah, if, you know, free passes for life or something, I bet Disney would get. Oh, my God. I know. Free passes. Oh, my God. That's that's a contest right there. Um, Hopefully, by us coming up with that idea, Disney. You know, gives us a free pass. Gives us free passes for life. (laughs) I think that that would be a contest, I think, worldwide that would cause a frenzy, I think. Yeah. Maybe Apple or something like that. I mean, who knows? But, yeah, yeah, if you got, wow, free passes to Disney, um, all expenses paid. I mean, that would be a good one. Wow, but, good to know. Good to know. But honestly, and it, maybe it's just because conversations in people's homes have changed, and it's also not post-war Europe, mm-hmm. where kids are, I mean, chocolate is such a luxury, and candy is such a luxury. But, you know, now, I think, I don't know if anyone would want a lifetime supply of chocolate. Maybe, yeah, in, I, I just, don't know. I mean, even even then, though, I mean, I would still argue that, like, then, it's like, lifetime supply of chocolate, which, by the way... It's not like this chocolate had, even though the doors had closed to the factory, they were still selling chocolate. So the chocolate right. hadn't vanished, um, and therefore was coming back. Like you could still get it anytime you want, um, and it just cost a nickel apparently. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know if a lifetime supply of chocolate would have done it for me. It cre- no. Created a frenzy like this, even back in the nineteen seventies. Would would fruit roll ups? Maybe the um, lifetime supply of fruit roll ups for Chris. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> um, did you have any other lingering questions? Um. We already talked about matching names for the grandparents. That one really uh, got me. Oh, so, and maybe I'm misremembering this, but I feel like at some point I read, I don't know, I read something about it or whatever that all of the kids represented different sins of the seven sins. And obviously not like lust, like that was left out. Right. You know, like pride and greed and... Yeah. Oh, gluttony, obviously. Gluttony. Um, I think that, I think those are elements, definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe it's and the sins directly. Charlie but... represented virtue. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Interesting. Interesting. Um, my question is, the plan was to make sure that Willy Wonka turns his factory and business over to a child. Mm-hmm. What if all adults had won the tickets? Ah... Uh. Like there's no one, there's nothing on the ticket that says it has to be a child, so because they read they actually read the ticket you know, right uh, when they when he won it. So if all if it was just adults that won it, then what, what happens? Uh, well then I don't know. Plans foiled, I guess. I guess, or maybe he just literally gives them a tour and tries again mm-hmm. down the road. Who knows? But yeah, I thought that was interesting that he's like, yeah, I wanted to find a child. Well, it was just pure luck that you found five you know, kids. Right. That one, you know. Oh, that was my other thought. So, this is, uh, so Charlie is just allowed to just kind of go about his business, stroll around town, do whatever he pleases. Is it just because it's the 60s? Apparently. (laughs) In, you know, 1960s, early 70s, wherever they live, um, you know, yeah, I guess you could. Yeah. I mean, he really just, he does, it feels like he runs like 10 miles home. Yeah. Like, it, you know, 
his journey just looks so well and that's i mean i was watching it going one i bet our son would have a blast having a paper route and like running around and all of that but at the same time, on his paper route, he runs into Mr. Slugworth. He runs into a knife salesman. He <laughs> just, in my head, I'm going like freedom versus safety. I don't know. <laughs> Poor Charlie. Don't know. Don't know. Man, different time. Different I know. time. Um, any other lingering questions? Uh, what a terrible therapist. I think uh, that's not really a lingering question. It's not a lingering just, question. Just, I, <laughs> Should he have his license revoked? There you go. There There's you go. my question. Shut up. Don't tell me where the chocolate is. There you go. Um, all right. Well, new new category, Nicole, that we're doing for this podcast because it's 2020. What's the quote of the movie? Pick one quote from this movie as the iconic quote that this movie should be known for. We are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. That is, that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty iconic. That's mm-hmm. one of the most iconic lines of dialogue of any film. And also, I mean, I think any of the lines from Pure Imagination also can stand on their yeah. own. I mean, I think a close runner-up is like the snozberries taste like snozberries. Yes. Um, I've heard strike that. Strike that, reverse it. Yeah, <laughs> strike that, reverse it. Um, but yeah, we are the music makers. That's, mm-hmm. that's that's you know, something you, I've seen on wallpaper and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So absolutely. Um, all right. Well, before we start getting into the casting what-ifs, actually, we, before we get into the rating, the dancing, the singing, mm-hmm. the acting design, um, I like to kind of dig in to find some casting what-ifs. With this movie, some people that were tied to the film or considered or auditioned that did not make it and asked the question, would this movie have been better with those people, you know, had those people been cast in it? So um, the first one I found out was Sammy Davis Jr. like lobbied to become the Candyman in the beginning of the movie. That would have been awesome. The reason why he was denied was that he was too well known of a face. And they wanted mm-hmm. to really keep this as anonymous as possible. I mean, that was pretty much his song. Right. So. It's too bad because that also would have added some much-needed diversity to this film because yes. it is all white. Well, uh, there except is for the one Asian baby. Oh, I just, yeah, the Asian babies in the beginning, <laughs> yeah, the Asian countries. But yeah, it's it's a pretty, pretty white movie there. Um, but interesting enough, because he didn't get this movie, um, he still used that song in a lot of his repertoires. Like mm-hmm. that, Other than this movie, some of the most famous renditions of that song is actually him singing it. Yes. So. Pretty interesting. Um, also, Dudley Moore was considered for Willy Wonka. This is before, oh, really? This is pre-Arthur, obviously. Okay. But um, would this movie have been better with Dudley Moore? No. Gene Wilder for the win, always. All the way. All the way. And Peter Sellers was also considered. But I he was considered Peter Sellers. He was but... considered too famous. Okay. This. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, let's get into the ratings. So what we like to do on this podcast, folks, is that we know that for a truly spectacular movie musical, you need to have four key areas really firing on all cylinders at one time to be truly fantastic. So that, of course, is the singing, the dancing, the acting, and the design of the film. So, Nicole, rate your singing, rate the singing in this movie 1 to 10, and reasons why. Okay. Singing, I gave, like, a 7. I thought Veruca Salt killed it, Mm -hmm. and I thought everyone else did okay. Okay. Right. That you know they could carry a tune, but there wasn't anyone who really uh, was a belter except for Veruca. Yeah, I gave it a six as well, kind of for the same reasons. Yeah, like, it just kind of you know for for all the good that there was, there was also that talky singing that we're, yeah. just, we're not singers, but we're trying to carry a tune. Uh, type I mean, of and thing. it works for what it is. Yeah, but... yeah. How about the dancing? Not a, not not a lot. No, I, same thing. I gave it a six just mm-hmm. because 
for what it was, it worked. Mm-hmm. But there just wasn't a lot of it. I mean, the Oompa Loompas did all the dancing. Right. And they did a good job, and it worked, mm-hmm. but... There it is. How about the acting? Uh, acting, I gave an eight. Me too. That's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think for a children's movie, I think for um, you know, a movie in 1971, good acting. Honestly, yeah. all around. All around. How about the design? Ten. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a beautifully designed film. Yeah, and I think there, the costumes really fit the characters mm-hmm. well, and I just think it was well thought out. I mean, we would be... Um, you know, mistaken if we didn't mention that set. You know, the, no, the, the set is amazing. The, the edible set, so to speak. Yes. Um, apparently, the the kids in the movie had were not allowed to see that set before they were shown. So that shot where that door is opening up mm-hmm. and they all walk in, the look on their faces—that's all genuine, mm-hmm. um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, and the chocolate in that river is actual chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's water, chocolate, and cream, which apparently stunk to high heaven mm-hmm. uh, afterwards. But. Um, yeah, completely, completely cool set, and really everything that you would kind of hope for. I think. Yeah, I really, you know, out of that. So, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get into the musical number section. We're yes. talking about numbers that we needed, numbers that we could do without, numbers that you're fast forwarding to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this this was not based on a pre existing musical, so um, nothing was you know left out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But um, numbers that we could do without. Any songs you would cut from this film? I would cut time. On I've Got a Golden Ticket. Okay. Only because most of it was just Grandpa Joe falling all over himself. Now, some of that was necessary, but mm-hmm. it, I don't think we needed the whole song. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, I thought everything, even Candyman, he ta- that was the, all the exposition for the plot that you need in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it all, I think they all were necessary. Uh, I would cut Cheer Up Charlie. No! Yeah. It's, it's just not a good song. Stop. The melody is all over the place. Stop. Um, it just... But it shows a mother's love for I know. Son. So, you know what? I would, I would replace it for a better with a better song. I think the message is fine. I think the moment where it happens is fine. Um, but I, w- I would change the song. It's not a good song. Ugh. That's just me. Whatevs, Christopher. Whatevs. Number that you're going to fast forward to. Oh, um, this is tough. Pure imagination and the Veruca song, I think, are my my two winners. But you have to pick one. No. <laughs> all right, all right. Then erase them both and dancing Oompa Loompas. Oh, so all, just, <laughs> just Oompa Loompas. All right, all right. Uh, I would probably pick pure imagination. I know mm-hmm. there's something there's something iconic about seeing. Gene Wilder sing that song, yes. and it's just, it's fantastic. So um, that actually moves in next nicely into our next category. Um, who's going to get your Julie Award as the best singer in this movie? Baruch Salt. Yeah. I'm actually going to give it to Charlie's mom. Okay. Uh, which was actually dubbed. That woman did not actually sing. Oh, uh, Charlie's mom is I getting know. stomped on. <laughs> so it was actually a woman by the name of Diana Lee who sung that song. So even though it's not a great song, I thought she did a great job singing it. So mm-hmm. Diana Lee gets my Julie Award. Uh, Julie Don Cole, Brooke Salt gets your Julie mm-hmm. Award. Who gets your Russell Crowe Award? Gene Wilder. Whoa, that's a hot take. I know. Wow. Well, just because of the talkiness of his singing. Mm-hmm. Because he did a lot of singing compared to everyone else. and uh, Wow. 
Interesting. I gave it to Julie Don Cole, Ruka Salt. No. I did. I gave it to the, I gave it to Ruka Salt. Why? Not as like not to say that she's the worst singer. I just thought that she was that the is. least I just thought she was like the least great singer. Oh, I totally totally disagree. Well, yeah. But yeah. Totally disagree. For the same reasons. It was just, you know, it's just like it was okay. It was alright. No. Yeah. Uh, and that song doesn't. That song is not exactly challenging to sing and make it sound, make it sound good. You good. no. You talk. Oh, all right. Hold on. Rewind the to the world. back. No, I stop. Want, Rewind to the beginning of the podcast when mm-hmm. I said she was the best singer and that song is not easy to sing and you agreed with me. I don't know if I did that. You did. Everybody, rewind. I'm have to do some heavy <laughs> editing on this podcast. Um, finally, who's get your bumbling award? Um, now, for those of you who don't know, the bumblet is in award goes to a background character or extra that kind of steals the show, so to speak. All right. Don't say it. What? Go ahead. <laughs> I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. The Oompa Loompa on the left. I know. <laughs> so, Nicole, as we're watching this scene, it's the Veruca Salt um, scene where they're in the golden, mm-hmm. the golden geese scene, by the way. And as we're watching it, Nicole says, wow, that, that Oompa Loompa there is kind of hot. And I said, what? Jawline for days. Jawline for days. <laughs> so he's the one on the far left at the end of the table when Veruca is singing. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't miss him. He also sings during the, the song as well. Yes, so. he's a very handsome guy. Sorry, yeah. Christopher. Whatever. He is. Whatever. Uh, I'm going to give it to the woman whose husband was a hostage. Um, oh, yeah. Because she's... <laughs> I mean, if 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 you take that scene out of context, they're they're doing phenomenal acting there. Considering yes. the premise is absolutely ridiculous, and she is amazing in that. So she's like, "What do we, What do they want? What do they want?" And oh, amazing! I so, just want my husband. <laughs> I mean, my 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 runner up was going to be the the patient with the psychiatrist because yes. he was also great. Uh, I mistakenly thought that that guy was a woman. No. In my memory. Like, I thought that was a woman. Oh, really? And so I was refreshed when I saw this. I was like, oh, it's actually a man. Never mind. So, but anyway, that that's gets, that woman gets my mind. The, the woman whose husband was taken hostage. So the final question that we'd like to ask on this podcast has already kind of been answered for us with this movie. It's, should this get a remake? And it did get a remake. It's actually gotten a couple of different remakes, if you will. So we all know that Tim Burton uh, remade... Uh, this movie as Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, a massive visual effects, CGI, uh, blockbuster, if you will, type of film that utterly just failed. It was just a absolute I never failure. saw it. What did you think of it? I hated it. Really? Oh my God, I hated it. Um, I will I will be honest and say that the, the movie is closer to what the book is. I would also say that it's actually darker than this movie is because there are even though this movie this movie has some dark moments, especially on the boat and things like that. Um, that the the Johnny Depp led Charlie and Chocolate Factory is much darker in a really? way. And um, yeah, I just I, I just wasn't feeling it. The songs, I mean, you're you're remaking a film that has iconic music. None of that even you know is touched by this movie. No, this movie. really. Um, they took the same actor. And for the Oompa Loompas, and just multiplied them in scenes. So oh. yeah, it's very weird. Look, it's all the like all the Oompa Loompas are the same actor, but just like digitally multiplied, which is really uh, very weird to see. So it's it's just not a great movie. Um, uh, yeah, and so not not happy with it. Um, this movie also got a, a Broadway musical mm-hmm. musical version. 
Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is not very good either. Um, really? And I, it's a hot take because I, I actually know people that were in that, and I have seen a lot of people that have seen that mm-hmm. show, but it's just, it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, you're taking various songs that were in this. You're, you've got original songs, and, and sadly, the original songs just don't really live up to what was composed mm-hmm. originally for this movie. So, um, yeah, I, should it should it have gotten a remake? I would say, yeah. I mean, you, it's just one of those movies you could probably remake, and you'd be fine, just like all you know, World Dolls movie books. Okay, question. But, I have a question. Yeah. So, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is a children's book mm-hmm. made into a children's movie. Mm-hmm. What's to say that they didn't just keep the original songs and the original script and make it a child-friendly length musical? Because you know we couldn't take our kid to see a three-hour musical. No. He would explode. Like, I mean, why not have a 90-minute children's musical? Mm. No intermission. You can still charge that much for tickets. You could. You could. That's a very good question. I don't know. But I really, I think that would be a lot more beneficial to getting kids in the theater. Because I know our son would kill to see The Lion King. Mm-hmm. I know he would love it, but he could not sit through a full-length musical. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, food for thought. Food for thought. That's awesome. Well, Nicole, thank you for doing this podcast. You're welcome. It's going to wrap things up. Um, folks, we're going to, again, we're going to get right back on track with these. I know we do kind of like clumps of them and then we take a little bit of a hiatus and things like that. And that'll probably continue. But uh, I promise that we are going to do, you know, some some longer clumps, if you will. So, <laughs> that makes sense. Trying to, <laughs> trying to make that sound as appealing as possible. But um, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. You can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Network at onstageblog.com. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. I mean, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you will find this one. So please subscribe, um, like it, rate it. You know, it helps our algorithms the whole nine yards. But um, thank you again, Nicole. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. And we'll see you folks right here next week on the movie Musical Shakedown.